This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Backpack English Podcast. With me today is the famous YouTuber and ultralight gear expert, Maddie Outdoors. How's it going today? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Happy to have you on the show. So I didn't count, but I feel like just going back through your channel in the last few months, like you put out quite a few episodes on ultralight gear. Am I correct on that? This year in particular, I kind of made like the hard push towards going ultralight. I, I get called out a lot over the last couple of years because I was like that guy who was at like 11 and a half to 13 pounds for my base weight. So this year I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. Like, you know, it's two pounds, a pound and a half isn't really making a big difference. But, you know, I guess to kind of, to be a legit, I had to hit that 10 pound mark. So um, that was kind of a big thing for me with the channel this summer was just kind of going over a lot of the the new gear changes and things I moved out of my gear and made a little bit. Okay. Lighter. So like, what's your, I'm trying to figure out your, your perspective on this. So are you like, you know what? It's about time. I kind of lighten my load. Or are you more along the lines of, I'll show you, I can be ultra light. Here you go. I've kind of been on like the lightening my load kick for a number of years. Like I think 2017 was kind of eye opening for me. I did a 10 day backpacking trip and at the start, my back was at like 65 pounds Mm -hmm. and it it was not a a fun, enjoyable time. (laughs) By the end of that trip, I was still at over 40 pounds on my back. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, and it was, it was some pretty long days. Like we were doing about 25 to 30 kilometer days, most days on trail. Wait a second. Did you eat 25 pounds of food? Then is that I'm trying to do the math on that, sixty five to forty. Yeah. You ate twenty five. I guess that's that's not too far off. Two pounds a day ish. Okay. <laughs> well, I've been known to get the munchies around the campfire from time to time. So okay. Sometimes I sometimes I overpack with candy, especially on a long trip like that. It's kind of okay. one of my vices gotcha. on trail. But uh, right. 
Yeah, I, right. I crushed over 20 pounds of food on that trip. <laughs> I, I got to the point like I was forcing myself to overeat at dinner just to lessen the amount of food I was carrying the next day. <laughs> Like I was throwing like going through all my like extra rations. I was like, okay, that's getting in tonight. I'm not carrying this anymore. What can I eat tonight and not throw up tomorrow? Exactly. Like, that's the question. Yeah, that's hilarious. Oh my so, goodness. So yeah, I I did that and I I got myself down. I was like, I don't know, between twelve to fifteen pounds, kind of floating around there. Um, okay. I hike with my dog a lot, so just with yeah. her, I can't really hit the ultralight base weight i just i carry some gear for her like a blanket and a sleeping okay. pad but uh gotcha and yeah i guess part of it this year was just kind of like you said just kind of like prove a point right like yeah yeah i i wanted to challenge feel, i had to feel what it was like to feel like i was part of that club so right people are not afraid to challenge youtubers for sure no. so one thing i caught i don't even know that you you didn't really make a big deal about it it was kind of like an aside in, in one of your videos you made a comment about this is kind of part of one of your ultralight videos i forget which one but you basically were like i've upgraded to using dyneema bags the reason was because you got feedback that that using ziplocs were just like another single-use plastic out in the outdoors and so the feedback you got inspired you to go from a 10 cent bag to a thousand dollar bag is that correct yeah uh, it, it wasn't quite a thousand bucks uh i'm pretty sure my fiance is gonna watch this at some point so let's clarify didn't spend a thousand bucks on a i'm bag. exaggerating i'm exaggerating <laughs> yeah like fifty dollars though right danny was getting more expensive too i think yeah i guess uh i guess part of it like being a, a youtuber like you said people have no problem calling calling somebody out who puts himself out online and right. i guess i just thought like you know, if, if me getting, you know, a, an ultralight trail wallet, right? Like getting something like this, as opposed to using a Ziploc bag, mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, is a Ziploc bag going to, you know, destroy the earth and, you know, cause mass flooding and whatever? No, but if <laughs> we can eliminate single use plastics, right? Anything that I could eliminate, I kind of made a, a hard push to do it. Okay. Uh, just, it was just kind of one of those things. And I mean, a, a trail wallet is kind of one of those pieces of gear I think everybody should be carrying. Okay. Oh, wait. Is that is that a giveaway for one of your answers? Because because you're uh, the tease they call it. Yeah, it might be. Might be. Okay. <laughs> we we might come back to that later. We might circle back. All right. So I got to come clean. I, I use Ziploc bags, man. I'm not a, I'm not a like expensive bags guy. I tr I try not to make them single use, so I'll usually use them at least on two trips, yep, if not more. Fair. But what I'm filling them with are single-use plastic things. Like anything I'm buying for the trail, I feel like it's going to be single-use plastic because it always comes packaged that way. So like what you're saying, it's not – I don't know that it's making a huge difference, but I appreciate that you're, um, you know, that you're honoring what, what feedback you're getting, I suppose. But that being said, like I like the 10-cent bags. I like them. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a bunch of them throughout my, my loadout. I actually okay. like – Right beside me, my floor is littered with gear. I have a, a six-day trip coming up, and oh, okay. I was just going through my gear this morning, getting ready for this trip. And yeah, I have a lot of Ziploc bags and single-use plastics in there still, but uh, so you're not perfect, is what you're saying? No, no, far from it. <laughs> far, <laughs> far from perfect. All right, all right. So this episode, I was trying to like kind of tailor after kind of all that you had produced and you know all your wisdom and authority in the ultralight backpacking gear world so i titled it something something to the effect of like ultralight backpacking gear everyone slash nobody should use so you're taking the side of everyone 
I'm taking the side of nobody, and then we're just going to give each other feedback about the gear, whether we agree that everyone should use it or that nobody should use it or vice versa. So are you up for the challenge here? 100%. So I'm going to let you go first because you get the positive side of things. What's one piece of gear that everyone should use? First piece of gear I think everybody should be using is uh, disposable smart bottles. Uh, I, I, I'm not okay. a fan of the... Single-use plastic. Yeah, single-use plastics, exactly. We were just talking about that. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to... I'm, I'm a big believer in the smart bottles. Uh, for what it does, you're using it just to carry water. Uh, Nalgene's are, what, seven ounces, I do believe. Smart bottles, like an ounce Oh, you're and a going quarter. U.S. Imperials setup. Yeah, they are. They're about six, 6.7 ounces. Yeah, if you're if you're looking at shaving weight out of your backpack, uh, I think this is something that every backpacker should look into. I mean, even looking at the price of them, you know, you buy a Nalgene for, I think up here, they're 15 bucks for like the basic one that has mm, nothing on it. Right. These are like two bucks and they come with a liter of water. <laughs> and they come with the water. Nalgene doesn't come with That's water. <laughs> How dare they? I would argue that you can actually have multiple uses out of them too because after a trip, if it's still in good shape, like I'll rinse them out and I'll store them for the next trip, especially if the trip's not too far along. So I actually have, I have them in my gear closet just right next door, ready to go for the next trip. So yeah, so I'll save them. Yeah. I think you can get at least two trips out of them, maybe three before they start getting really destroyed because they get like, they're thin enough where they're lightweight, but they're thick enough where they're not like the crinkly, like annoying plastic, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I, I mean, this one, like, I've got like the little hike life uh, bottle label on here. This yeah. one I've been using all year. I got the, I think I got this bottle in the spring. Oh, okay. So, I mean, this has got probably, probably seven or eight trips on it. Oh, so not single use then. There you go. No, far from like okay. this old. I'll use this until the bottle fails probably. All right, there you go. All right, so I got my first one, and uh, I'm going to call this one ultralight tent stakes. I think that you should not use ultralight tent stakes. And full disclosure, like my perspective is I'm a teacher. I'm, I'm very budget conscious. I'm very frugal. I want to get good bang okay. for my buck. I want it to be, you know, perform a lot better, be a lot lighter weight, and I don't think the tent stakes cut it. So I picked on Z-Packs. They've got like a 6.4-inch carbon fiber tent stake, which weighs in at 0.22 ounces. I'm sorry, I did not convert it to grams. And they cost about 4 bucks a piece uh, versus your typical like Shepherd's Hook aluminum stake, which is which weighs in at 0.5 ounces. So still, we're talking under an ounce per stake, and they cost half as much, but really, like most people probably have them laying around, so you don't need to buy them in the first place anyway. So I think that you can not invest in like a Z-Packs carbon fiber tent stake and be just fine. That's my theory. What do you think? I uh, I 100% agree. Uh, mostly okay. just because you're specifying on carbon fiber tent stakes. Uh, I I like the aluminum tent stakes. I guess I'm uh like the the groundhog style. Okay. I use the the Z-Pack Sonic stakes. It's like their groundhog stake. Um, okay. I I don't know the weight of them off the top of my head, but uh, I think they were like three bucks a piece. But, so price somewhere in the middle. I'm guessing that it'll be like 0.3 ounces. But uh, yeah, I'm not a not a fan of. They're aluminum. Is that what you said? Yeah, they're like I I have I have those and I put them up next to a groundhog and I can't tell the difference. They're just blue and as opposed to red. Yeah, I I like them. I mean, I've had no issues using rocks to knock them into rocky, rooty soil and I've had no issues with them. But um. Yeah, carbon fiber tent stakes, I'm, I'm personally not a big fan of, so I'll definitely agree with that. 
And I might still push back on the ones you're using because I just don't think that buying like super fancy tent steaks, like if you're talking bang for your buck, if you're shaving weight, I mean, if, if you feel like you like them because they improve your performance, the tent steaks, then awesome. But for me, like the shepherd's hooks, they work just fine. I don't bring an excessive amount. I bring out, you know, just what I need. And I feel like that it's going to work and I don't need to spend any money. So that's my theory. Oh, absolutely. Like if, if you've got steaks already for sure, like I've, some of the areas like sandy soil i found like shepherd hooks for me they don't tend to work and it that frustrates me because i love shepherd hooks like as a as a hammock guy i i don't know just something about using a hammock with shepherd hook steaks just kind of feels right to me but a lot of a lot of areas i go i can't use them so i gotta go to the the groundhog steaks fair enough that's a good point all right good deal all right so that's my first one that you should not use sounds like we're in agreement um what's your next one gear everybody should use a sleeping quilt as opposed to a sleeping bag all right get rid of the bags you're saying yeah i know a lot of people say that like sleeping bags have their place in cold weather conditions and should be used in winter camping i over the last four years haven't used a sleeping bag at all the climates that i go winter backpacking in like we we get as cold as anywhere in the world you know like 30 below or 40 below. Yeah, you're in Canada. That's like the coldest place in the world next to Antarctica. Yeah, right? pretty much. I'm I'm up here uh, <laughs> northern Alberta in the Canadian Rockies. Uh, we get pretty cold. Right. I've been exclusively using quilts uh, even in the winter time. Quilt draft kind of seems to be a like a complaint people have about quilts. I personally I don't use pad straps with my quilt. Even even on the ground, sleeping on a pad, I don't use pad straps. I've never felt a draft at all. Like I've never had a cold spot using a quilt. Um, Wait a second. So do you think that people are just like throwing nonsense out there or you have, you have a technique that you know is superior to what people are you're using? I think there's, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there on how to properly use pad straps. Okay. Uh, I've seen a lot of people use them incorrectly. Uh, Justin has a really good video and he's demonstrated a couple times how to properly use them. All right. Uh, it's like the, keeping the toggle or wherever the pad attaches to the strap, keeping that towards the edge of your sleeping pad as most people want to like pull that in towards themselves. But uh, Justin showed a bunch of times keeping it towards the edge of your pad helps eliminate the drafts. But uh, for me, I just find like, I don't tend to roll around a lot when I sleep. So once I'm out, I'm kind of just out like a log. Right. And I'm pretty skinny, so that helps. But uh, yeah, I just find like, I know I, I get the my head through the loop in the top of the quilt and the sides just kind of pull in beside me and I don't really... You're good to go. Yeah, I don't get any cold spots, so... All right, so if you get cold spots or if you've struggled with this, give us give us kind of the rundown on what's what the issue is here. I move around where I would say, well, I'm sleeping and I'm not super skinny. I'm definitely, yeah, probably more bulky. I've used quilts. I'm, I'm, I'm good with both the bags and the quilts, so I, I like them both. Let's go with, okay, I'm going to pick on Z-Packs again, but they're not the only ones. They're not the only culprits for this next one. This is um, one way to shave some weight is to go with a stuff sack pillowcase. Z-Packs makes one, uh, 1.4 ounces for $50. Rumple actually makes one for three with, you know, at 3.2 ounces for $40. Yeah, so I think that this is something you should not buy. I think that not only are you not going to get the right performance out of it because you're not going to sleep as well because whatever you're stuffing in there, it's just going to eventually like kind of flatten out as the air releases. But I think you can buy, um, there's multiple pillows in the markets for cheaper than that that are four ounces or less and you can get better sleep. So I think that it's like bad all the way around. What are your thoughts? 
I definitely agree. Uh, I like the Z Packs pillow you're talking about. That's the one that's just like it just looks like a Dyneema dry bag, right? And you roll it right. up and fill it with air. Correct. Yeah, I've I've seen like people try to do similar things just using like a regular old like Sea to Summit dry bag. Uh, I I'm not personally a fan of inflatable pillows at right. all. Uh, oh, really? The inflatable ones too? Okay. I I've tried every inflatable pillow known to man justin's given me a million suggestions he said trekology probably he's he's trying to sell you on the on the 15 dollars. i have the trekology i've gone through two of them yeah because they deflate yeah i found like the valve fails on it but uh it just i just right. i don't know i don't like the like the squishy balloony feel under my head maybe maybe i misread it i thought that the z-packs one was was not an air-filled one i thought that was like you sh- it said it was like a hmm. stuff sack pillow so it I thought it implied you're you're shoving like your extra clothes. Oh, if if that's the case, then uh, that's actually the method that I I use. Okay, so we're on the opposite ends here. All right, tell us why why you think you should shove shove your your dirty, smelly clothes and and sleep put your head on them at night. (laughs) It's one less thing that you're gonna have to worry about packing and bringing anyway. I know I find that I can get the right firmness and I can just kind of dial in where i want that firmness uh i'm a side sleeper so maybe that has something to do with it okay but uh yeah i just i don't know i like just stuffing all my clothes into the bottom of my clothes bag and just kind of stuff that under my head i don't know what you i don't know what technique you're using man like to me i've, I've tried that i thought it was like early days backpacking i was trying to shave some weight and that's how i was using stuff sack pillows and they always just like the mm-hmm. air just just went out of them like when the clothes kind of eventually condensed down and so i have not had good fortune with that and and i don't i did not get good sleep and i've had better sleep with the inflatable pillows but i get that not everybody likes the inflatable pillows so if you're willing to you know spend the extra weight on those like you know the actual pillow pillows with the stuffing inside i get that too i just think the stuff sack pillowcases are especially like the expensive like the rump on the z-packs ones i think that those are the ones you should not buy but it sounds like you disagree i just use like i have a, a hilltop packs dyneema food bag that's got like my uh, my youtube logo on it and that's that's all i use i just use that as my clothes okay. bag does it give you extra comfort that your logo's on there like at night you're like i'm just i'm on brand even at nighttime absolutely okay absolutely <laughs> all right what's your last one ultralight piece of gear everybody should use i kind of gave it away earlier but uh, the ultralight trail wallet the wallet getting rid of the single-use plastics i i like the trail wallets because they're a little bit bigger than just like the small ziploc bag so i like that i can get you know like my my credit card a little bit of cash my license right. and i can actually even put my keys in here it's got the two little tabs, so if you've got like, like I have a couple little uh, titanium carabiners I got from Dutchware gear, so those are just going to get clipped on the inside of my bag, and all of my important stuff is going to be kept together. Uh, I I wouldn't rely on a Ziploc bag for that much important stuff. All right, stuff so and, and who makes that wallet right there? Uh, this one is Hartford Gear Co. Hartford Gear yeah. Co. I think I got this off of Garage Grown Gear. Yeah, I've seen a lot of wallets. I think I, I think Chicken Tramper. I think I got one from them as well. I think I just carry more stuff than what can fit in those ultralight ones, and so I typically don't want to carry my wallet stuff. So I'll, I'll like stash it somewhere, like in the car if I can. If I can, it doesn't always work out, but yeah, yeah. If I know the trailhead, if I know it's relatively safe, so I don't know. That's the smartest thing to do. That's just kind of my style. I try to lighten my load that way as well. But I, yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, I I used to carry all my stuff with me on trail, like. 
I just carry my whole full wallet. Well, that's what I did when I was in Canada because I didn't. I don't know the trails. I don't know how safe they were. So I'm like, I'm just gonna throw this in my backpack. I don't want to get caught. You know, like who wants to get stuck in Canada without like their ID and their passport and stuff, right? That's scary. That's true. Canada <laughs> is like the worst place to get stuck in for sure. I'm just kidding. Okay, my last one. This is one that I think I've brought up a few times, but um, I keep on seeing, like, this is a very popular item. I bet a lot of folks have this out there, and that is the Deuce of Spades. The They, they range, like, they have different styles. They've got, like, aluminum. they got titanium. They, they run from, like, 15 to $25 or even more. You can buy the Deuce of Spades as your ultralight trowel to dig your cat holes when you're out in the backcountry. Or you can just not bring it at all and use some sort of a rock and dig a hole that is just as good and have one less thing, uh, not spend the money on it, save that space in your pack. I use the deuce of spades, so. Yeah, so tell me why I'm wrong, Maddie. Why am I wrong? It's tough because <laughs> for a lot of years, I like I did just carry nothing. and I would just use a rock or like the tip of my trekking pole. Having... Uh, having hiked with a couple friends who carried yeah. a trowel, I used it to dig a cat hole, and it just it it made it easier. You know, it's I'm not it's not that it's not impossible to do without, but uh, okay. it's definitely I think one of more those luxury item based things. Uh, it definitely makes the cat hole a little bit easier, and they're they're cool. You know, they you can get them in a whole bunch of cool different little colors, <laughs> and you know if, if that's kind of your thing. Like I think amongst my group of friends, I think we've got like four different colors of you know trowels going out every time wait, wait but, is it like uh, is it like a thing like you're like hey yeah, i gotta go to the bathroom i got the blue one today guys fyi i i do have a blue one actually that's uh that's okay. my color of choice but, like you make a big deal about it like you're on the campfire you're like check this out i got my blue one i did when i first bought it yeah it was like okay. i was super stoked to get out and like you know actually brought it to the fire to show off to people and you know i, I mean honestly anytime i say that you should not use a piece of gear or that you don't need it and then you come back at me with like, well, it could be a luxury item. I'm like, of course, yeah. Then that's that's a good response because, you know, then it's like not, you're saying it's not a necessary item. It's just, it's improving your enjoyment. It's improving your performance out in the wild, and that's totally fine. I just think that if you're trying to go ultra light and you're trying to, you know, try to save save weight, one way is just to not bring some stuff, and I think that's one thing you can go without. It's not going to save you a ton of weight. might save you a little bit of cash in the process, though. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I think like one of my like favorite parts of going ultralight was like finding a way to kind of keep some of those little luxuries in my loadout and shave weight in other areas and still kind of hit that 10 pound. Right. And, th and that's my theory too, is I think that like I've gone with folks who spend thousands of dollars on gear. And so they're, they're big four items. They're, you know, they're really low weight, but they're, like end pack weight ends up being more than mine because they just like use that as an excuse to throw in a whole bunch of other junk. So that's kind of part of the problem. Oh yeah. I've, I've got a couple of friends who've like, you know, they've spent significantly more money on me on their, like you said, their big four, but it's all their little extras that they bring, right. you know, like, I mean, I, I hike with a friend who carries, I mean, his, his tent's not lighter than mine now. Like my, you know, my new tent is lighter, but, uh, his old tent was lighter than the one I was carrying, but I mean, it kind of goes out the window cause he's carrying like six pounds of extra yeah, clothes. Yeah, <laughs> That's a lot so. of extra clothes right there. <laughs> got a couple outfits. And it, it, it was six pounds. We actually weighed okay. it at one That's point. like some, some, you got some jeans yeah. in there and some rain boots. Full extra pair to sleep in. 
a full extra yeah. set of like pant outfit, like so a full outfit with <laughs> pants to hike in and a full outfit of shorts to hike in. Okay. Extra sweaters. Matching. Yeah, he's uh, he's always prepared with extra clothes. Sweater vests, probably too. So he did have a vest at one point. <laughs> yeah, he had one of those Patagonia vests. Okay. So there you go. All right. So I had three. Um, which one do you agree with? Disagree with? Please let us know. Leave some comments. And um, all right, I've got I got ultralight trivia for you. Ready for this? I yeah, I hope so. Okay, I got it for you. Coming up right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are you looking to be less sore, a stronger climber, or simply faster on the trail? Then check out the Training for Trekking podcast. These bite-sized episodes are full of excellent information that can improve your trail performance. He's specially trained in sports science and strength and conditioning to get your body in the right shape and prepared for adventure. Check out the Training for Trekking podcast wherever you get your podcast. Ultralight trivia. All right, right, so Maddie, you got to get two out of three correct to pass. And here's the deal. If you lose trivia, if you're up for this punishment, I'd like you to record a selfie video taunting Jesse from Backcountry Ford, we call him Villain Jesse, in some way that I can release on a future episode, perhaps one that he's on. Absolutely. So uh, I can give you some ideas about what to taunt him about, but would you be up for that? Oh, 100%. Like, taunting Jesse, I would do okay. that just for fun anyways. All right, so that's not even a punishment then. <laughs> All right. And then if you get two or three correct and you've passed, what's, what's my punishment? Uh, I think we're going to go with 20 push-ups. 20 push-ups. Okay, I, I can do 20, I, I think. At least I could not too long ago, so we'll find out. All right, so I've got three questions, like I mentioned. All of them are multiple choice. Okay. All right, so here we go. Number one, this one is according to a common backpacking resource you might have come across, Clever Hiker. Uh, According to them, what is the best way to determine the weight of each piece of your gear? 
Is it A, to use a digital scale, B, to reference the manufacturer's website, or C, use a third-party objective company's data? Uh, digital scale. Digital scale is correct. Use a digital scale. Do you do that? Do you weigh your stuff? I your... do, actually. I have, uh, okay. I have a kitchen scale at home that I use. Kitchen scale. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, all right, so that's the first one. So you're one for one so far. Number two, which gear change will shave you the most weight? Gear change, all right? Is it A, ditch the stove and fuel and eat cold meals? B, upgrade from a Walmart $50 sleeping bag to an expensive down bag? Or C, replace your pump filter with something like a Sawyer squeeze or something smaller than that? Uh, I'm going to go with the replace your $50 bag. The $50 Walmart bag? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to save you pounds. Pounds. All right. You passed, my friend. You got it. Two, two out of three, and we still have one more to go. Okay, number three. According to Backpacking Magazine's latest issue, what brand do people most associate with the term ultralight? Is it A, Enlightened Equipment, B, Mako Industries, or C, Snickers Energy Bars? Oh, Enlightened Equipment. Enlightened Equipment is correct. Three for three. Yeah. Not Mako Industries. They, they manufacture lead-based stuff. Not them? No. No. Okay. Snickers, though. Uh, Snickers fuels my ultralight adventures. Snickers energy bars do? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. I, I use those pretty consistently, so awesome. Um, all right. Earlier in the episode, you mentioned that uh, you go backpacking with your dog, and yep. we have one of our Patreon supporters, Dana, made a comment recently about how, like, I don't know, they have, like, a dog leash that's tied to like the waist have you seen those those like dog leashes where you can like tie it either to your hip belt or your waist strap or just kind of like go all the way around the waist yep okay have you used those yeah that's uh that's what i use with my dog uh, i have one that's like it's adjustable so if we're just walking in town i just clip it on my waist and then she's just kind of hands free and then if i take that same lead when we go hiking i just kind of like shrink up the part that will go around my waist and that just clips onto the front of my waist belt of my backpack so when I see them around town, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the person is like, it's almost like a dog sled. Like the person's getting yanked along by the dog. They're almost like leaning back and doing half the work. And the dog just like struggling, yanking them along. Is that, is that your style too? No, uh, I, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I see a lot of people walking their dog like that. Um, I, I don't know how to say this in like a, like a non, like how I don't come across as shaming people when I say this, but uh, my, my dog is uh, very, very well trained, so I don't, I don't have any leash pulling issues with wow, oh, with Wanda okay. at all. Oh no, I think the people are liking. It. I don't think it's a, it's training. What I see is not a training issue. I just think that they're just taking advantage of the dog's. Oh fitness. my, yeah, Wanda would not pull me anywhere. She's, uh, she's way too lazy for that. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. so anyway, Dana's point was like, that's scary to do if you're backpacking, and you're hiking around cliffs because you never know where that leash might yank you. So have you ever been in a situation, like a precarious situation where you could have gotten yanked the wrong way, so to speak? Yes. Most of the areas that I hike with my dog, uh, I don't need to have her on leash. And she's, she's very, very well trained off leash. But uh, in the national parks up here, uh, you do have to have your dogs on leash. And I've been in a couple spots. Uh, one time, actually, I was uh, coming down to Pinto Lake. Um, couple of years ago i think 2019 uh we took like a okay. an alternate route in that was a little bit of uh scrambling across a cliff face 
and then kind of dropping down into this scree gully at the back of the lake. And uh, yeah, there was a little little tension between the dog and I when we were going across this ledge. Cause I mean, it was, you know, yay wide. Like my, my shoulder was rubbing on the one side as I was walking across this cliff ledge and a little nervous that the dog might get freaked out and jump one way and kind of drag me over. And I think I just, I think I just ended up unclipping her okay. just to kind of get through that spot. It was a little. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're up there, I don't, I mean, I know you, I get you're trying to follow the rules, but I don't know that the dog, I, I know there's multiple reasons to have the dog on the leash, but I don't know you're going to be encountering a whole lot of folks. <laughs> no, no. Up <laughs> there, uh, there was, uh, there was no, yeah. no chance of encountering another person or anything yeah. up there. But I uh, get that there's re other reasons for the dog to be on the leash. I get yeah. that folks. But yeah, anyway, the, the biggest issue people get annoyed by is dogs coming up to you or getting your way when they're off leash. So yeah. anyway, okay. Well, so yeah, confirm Dana. There you go. You got it from Maddie outdoors that that could be an issue for sure. Uh, last thing I had, Maddie, we always, anytime we have a guest on or guest host on such as yourself, first of all, we really appreciate you taking the time to do that. And, uh, yeah. Second of all, like, what do you have coming up on your YouTube channel? Where can people find you? Just your chance to promote what you got going on. Uh, if you look me up on either YouTube or Instagram as Maddie outdoors, like I said earlier in the podcast, I've got a six day backpacking trip coming up to a pretty, pretty wild remote area in the Rockies. Uh, not many people go. To an area right. like this so uh pretty pretty excited to get back there and uh you know have a good time with some friends uh gonna be filming some content back there as always so uh you know some pretty cool scenery to look forward to uh, i've got some cool new ultralight gear i've got some gear that i'm in the works with a couple companies coming out in the fall so uh that's pretty exciting like what does that mean you're in the works like like it's new gear they're releasing or you're helping to design it no not helping to design uh helping to promote um you know okay. just a couple companies coming out with some new release gear uh some changes and alterations to previous gear gotcha all right well, so keep keep an eye out for that we'll have the links in our show description maddie outdoors again Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And uh, everybody, have a great week. God bless you.